0: Welcome to the Climate Smart Farming Show podcast. This podcast is sponsored by my supporters on Patreon and by Bee Books, publisher of A Farmer's Guide to Climate Disruption, which is now available in print, ebook, and audiobook. Bee Books also publishes climate smart romance novels by Tara L. Roy. Learn more at bbooks.org. You'll also get free climate smart downloads, including tips for weathering drought and flood, and the Farm Emergency Preparedness Plan. When you subscribe to BeBooks Newsletter, sign up at bebooks.org bebooks.org. I'm your host, author and multimedia artist Rebecca L. Fraser, and I'm excited to share this episode of the Climate Smart Farming Show podcast with you, so let's dig into it. Part 2 Communicating Climate Disruption There's an expression, a rising tide lifts all boats, that seems especially appropriate to the challenges we all face living with climate disruption. Just as sailors on a ship must communicate with each other to keep it afloat, society benefits when agricultural professionals share information about climate disruption. Blending local knowledge with scientific knowledge enables farmers and researchers to develop place-based innovations that enhance agro-ecosystem resilience. Opportunities for learning extend beyond the field, into conferences, workshops, and even neighborly conversations. And when discussing a new topic, it's imperative to get clear on the definitions of different terms or repurposed phrases. With the shared language established, the next question becomes, how far is far enough in communicating about the connections between climate disruption and agriculture? Is it enough to talk amongst yourselves? Or do produce growers have a responsibility to share hard-won wisdom with customers or anyone who will listen? Chapter 3. Speaking in Tongues the language of climate disruption and ag. A shared language is an important part of getting along and what's happening around you. In this era, when comprehending what's happening in your fields may help your neighbors to understand what's happening in their fields and vice versa, shared language around agriculture as it relates to climate disruption is, in some people's estimation, essential. This new language fosters what Laura Langnick calls reflective and shared learning. Langnick is a researcher, policymaker, activist, educator, and farmer. She contributed to the third National Climate Assessment and wrote the book, Resilient Agriculture, to give farmers the tools to discuss climate disruption and address its effects on their farms. She said, The conversation is important. As a society, we need to recognize the challenges that producers are under as a result of climate disruption. There's a legacy of denial. Our leaders and consumers are able to behave as if there's nothing wrong right now, and there are no new challenges in agriculture. Yet there are. Resilient agriculture includes a framework used to assess the climate vulnerabilities of your operation the exposures you're likely to experience at your location, and the sensitivities in your cropping system. As a grower, you cannot do much to change your exposures, but you can do a lot to change your adaptive capacity and sensitivity. The terminology presented offers farmers a new way to think through and manage challenges created by climate disruption. A shared language connects you to researchers and other agriculture pros and helps everyone collaborate and figure out what to do about climate disruption. Anne Adams, Executive Director of Holistic Management International, expressed hope that a shared language may lead to improved policies and incentives that will inspire you and your colleagues to adopt practices that lead to the mitigation or reversal of climate disruption. In Adam's estimation, creating greater resiliency in U.S. landscapes will enable U.S. farmers to feed U.S. consumers. She said that will decrease dependency on foreign food over which we have little to no control. S. Elwin Taylor, the Extension Climatologist and Professor of Agricultural Meteorology at Iowa State University, said it's key for the entire agricultural community to understand four concepts. Weather risk management means knowing your likely exposures, the risk of flood or drought or out-of-season heat wave or chill, and the impact of those exposures on crop and market price. Langnick calls these your farm's sensitivities. He also says, Ag practices have contributed to the changing of the composition of our atmosphere. Taylor believes that agriculture need not be a part of the problem. The better way is also more profitable in the short run to the farmer. And finally, he says there is no known solution to the increasing carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that does not include agriculture. The emergence of a shared language around agriculture and climate disruption also facilitates the development of a common vision for a truly sustainable agricultural system. In Jimmy Bramblett's view, a shared language equals a shared vision. As Wisconsin's chief conservationist with the Natural Resources Conservation Service, USDA, NRCS, Bramblett focused on the relationship between soil health and climate disruption. Today, Bramblett is NRCS's Deputy Chief of Programs in Washington, D.C. In an interview in 2015, Bramblett said that a common frame of reference enables more stable production with less risk from the direct and indirect impacts of climate disruption. As the nation's primary authority for soil mapping and soil data collection, the NRCS has been leading a highly successful soil health campaign for the past several years. Many agricultural professionals are also communicating in this shared language. Resilience through nimbleness in management decisions and a general transformation works best said Thomas Harder, Cooperative Extension Specialist in the Department of Land, Air, and Water Resources at the University of California at Davis. As the language of climate disruption and agriculture continues to develop and emerge, you're likely to hear it more at conferences and events organized by Extension Specialists and other organizations that support farmers, and to see it more in the media. Carter, who organized a conference focused on protecting groundwater resources in California in 2016, said many aha moments resulted from attendees listening to one another and learning each other's language. He said, the shared experience at the conference demonstrated that there is much momentum and interest in agriculture to protect groundwater resources and quality. Often, the same words have different meanings to different people. Paul West, co-director and lead scientist of the Global Landscapes Initiative at the University of Minnesota's Institute on the Environment, explained why agriculture needs a shared language to talk about climate disruption. For me, he said, resilience means the ability to adapt and still thrive in new situations, but that's obviously hard to quantify. The specifics will need to change depending on what the areas need to adapt to. Molly Brown, Associate Research Professor at Department of Geographical Sciences at University of Maryland, explores the use of long-term records of vegetation, rainfall, soil moisture, and evaporative stress in agriculture insurance programs in Africa. She said developing a universal language around farming and climate change is a critical first step in recognizing the real objective of agricultural research and development. If you're a first-world scientist and you go to a conference and learn about the concerns of the farmers in the developing world, you may not change your research. But you can change how you express the meaning of that research in your papers to these other communities, said Brown. It's only through coming up with a universal language. You need to be aware that everywhere does not look like Kansas and that the objective of ag development is not to make everywhere like Kansas. It's to have everyone achieve their own capabilities and their own needs and desires. It's not to make a cookie-cutter world. Chapter 4. To Teach or Not to Teach. Educating Consumers. In the United States, the average consumer is trained to shop for the best deal. Since Congress passed the Organic Foods Production Act in 1990, organic farmers have needed to educate consumers about the personal health and environmental benefits of organic growing methods in order to help people justify the higher cost of organic produce. Now, as climate-smart farming practices are spreading, it may be necessary to educate consumers again to help them justify their purchases. I asked farmers across the United States to share if, how, and why they teach their clientele about climate disruption. Their responses varied widely. Julie Rawson, of Many Hands Organic Farm in Barrie, Massachusetts, does outreach to CSA members and the farm's 1,000-person information list about carbon sequestration and climate disruption. She said, I live with a low-grade anxiety about climate change and see it pretty regularly manifested in the weather with its impacts on the farm. As a farmer, I believe I have an important but minuscule part in changing the climate trajectory with our farming practices." Rawson educates her clientele by regularly talking about practices that support good carbon management on the farm or garden. She encourages people to try these climate-smart growing practices on their own piece of land. She explained, When our food quality took an upward leap last year, I blamed it on carbon sequestering techniques that we are learning to use on our farm. The customers noted an improvement in quality and taste, so it was easy to make that connection. In Wazika, Wisconsin, Renee Randall of Willow Ridge Organic Farm saw four decades of careful land stewardship decimated by a tornado in 2015. She has also experienced growing seasons devastated by hail, hard and pounding rains, cold and record-breaking wet spring flooding. Conceivably, her customers would also have experienced some of these weather extremes and made the connection to climate change. But Randall said trying to extend that reality to the customer is much more difficult. The community-supported agriculture, or CSA, concept is to connect consumers with farmers by giving them access to the farm and an experience of nature through being a shareholder hoop house growing, hydroponics, and aquaponics are methods that shield crops from climate disruption in order to make food consistently available in all conditions. While it is a definite bonus to have access to farm fresh food in any weather, Randall said the constant availability of fresh produce takes attention away from the effects of extreme weather events on field growing, where weather is a definite factor. Although her personal experience would seem to be the perfect springboard for climate education, Randall found it difficult to attribute it to climate disruption, since there was so much debate about why the weather was off. She said, People thought of weather problems as excuses that should have a quick fix. I had more than one weather disaster and with each tried to show the effect extreme weather and changing weather patterns have on farming. No matter how beautifully I wrote about the fallout after the tornado, my customers mostly wanted to know when they could expect a delivery. Marco Colby and Hanako Myers of Midori Farm in Quilcene, Washington, do not intentionally educate consumers about climate disruption. When the subject of crazy weather patterns does come up, he usually just says it's climate chaos. Colby doesn't feel like it's his role to educate his customers about anything and doesn't want to burn bridges with customers who consider climate disruption a political rather than a scientific issue. He said, they buy from us because we grow high quality produce, not to hear my opinions about what I presume is going on in the world. We really make it a point to be non-political, non-confrontational in all of our outward farm marketing interactions," he shared. "We want to bring folks into the fold of enjoying fresh local produce regardless of their worldview and/or political beliefs. Once they realize how good local organic vegetables are, they may dig deeper and try to understand humans' role in producing greenhouse gases. At Stamford Museum and Nature Center, a working farm in Stamford, Connecticut, Education Director Lisa Monticelli said climate disruption education vis-à-vis agriculture is an important part of their work. The museum offers a program for schools, and discussion about climate disruption also arises regularly in the Nature Center's other programs, most notably maple syruping. She said, We talk with the visitors about how Southern Connecticut's maple trees and resulting syrup production are affected by climate change. To make the best decisions for our environment, all of us need connection with the natural world as well as an understanding of the science behind its processes and how human impact can affect those processes. Naturally, product yield is important in farming and the causes of yield variability are part of the educational process. Ridge Shin and Lynn Pledger, co-owners of Big Picture Beef in Hardwick, Massachusetts, have built an entire business model around developing livestock production methods that fix the water cycle and sequester carbon. Pledger said, Our very name was chosen because we want people to understand it isn't just about taste, it's also about the larger issues. Shin has been raising grass-fed beef for 15 years and has a 40-plus year history with both dairy and beef cattle. He and Pledger founded Big Picture Beef in 2016 and developed point-of-sale materials to educate consumers, the grocers who carry their product, currently the big Y chain of grocers is their biggest client, They also educate consumers with public speaking engagements and a highly informative website that includes information about the connection between rotational grazing and bigger yields of crops. Shin said, We feel the climate-food connector is critical to explain to consumers so they can make informed choices. The correct choices help mitigate climate and carbon issues and reinvigorate the local economy. Whether offering education about climate disruption and climate-smart farming practices will benefit your business or hinder it is something only you can figure out based on your market, no matter what you decide. As Colby said, the deliciousness of good food is one thing that brings people from all walks of life together. That is important more now than ever. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. You can get a free glossary of terms specific to climate disruption and agriculture just by signing up for the Bee newsletter. Go to beebooks.org for the free glossary and other free Climate Smart Farming downloads. Thanks for listening to the Climate Smart Farming Show podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, you may also like my book, A Farmer's Guide to Climate Disruption, now available in ebook, print, and audiobook. To support this podcast and my other creative endeavors for as little as $1 a month, please visit patreon.com forward slash Rebecca L. Fraser.